get ready for an update to our quite popular influencer study. We will look at how the past year has affected influencer marketing and how it may play a huge part in how we perceive influencers' authenticity. If you would like to go back and listen to the episode where we covered our first influencer study, it's episode three, Fluency of Influence. This is Shadoof. Welcome to Shadoof, the place where business, research, and entertainment make a baby in your mind. We will show you common trends you'll want to leave behind. It happens all the time. We'll always bring a fresh perspective so you can trust the data or the data, but not the faces you've been fed. Welcome to Shadoof. As an activity, and also kind of in reference to what we're going to be talking about today, we're going to be talking about authenticity. So, as a get-to-know-you game, and to you know, kind of show a more authentic side of us and our personal lives, we're going to play Two Truths and a Lie. I'm sure everyone knows the rules of the game. Each one of us will tell two truths and one lie about ourselves. Dustin, you'll go first, then Lauren, and then I'll go. And, for any of you listening, if you can guess the lie from each one of us and put it in a comment on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. We'll have a post. There'll be a post there. You'll you'll need to be following us on one of those platforms. Go on there, comment. If you can guess the three lies, one from each of us, then you will be entered in for a drawing for a giveaway that we're going to do. We will be giving away some Apple AirPods. Okay, so Dustin, go ahead with your two truths and a lie. You got this? Number one, Just uh, recently, it was a few months ago, at the gym, and I fractured my finger at the gym. I dropped a weight on it. Number two, I co-starred in a professional theater production with Christopher Lloyd. What? He's a legend. Christopher Lloyd is a legend, man. He's the man. If Uh, that's true, I'm jealous. uh, Okay, and uh, number three, I, uh, I flunked out of high school and then ended up getting my PhD. Wow. Okay. Lauren, you're up. Okay. Um, Well, first, my senior year of high school, it was my idea, and we put a petting zoo in the quad at my high school for our senior prank. Okay. (laughs) The quad. (laughs) A petting zoo. (laughs) It's awesome. Okay. Um, Second, I have never gotten a speeding ticket. And third, after getting on Spotify July of last year, I ended up in Taylor Swift's top 1% of listeners for the year in six months. Wow. Okay, well, I know you love Taylor Swift. (laughs) These are going to be tough. I wish we could elaborate more and tell all the stories now, but we don't have time for that. Okay, I'm going to go. Number one, I have broken the same bone five times. Sometimes different places, sometimes a repeat fracture, but the same bone. Number two, I have been to 15 different countries. And not just like, not just layovers or anything like legit visited. Yeah. And while I was in college, I had a side job where I worked as a balloon artist. Okay. Those are, that's it, you guys. Can, can you make us some, some balloon animals? A balloonist. For a balloon for a sculptor. This isn't going to be one of those things where, you, Weston, you're like, just kidding. 16 countries. I visited 16. No, no technicalities here. No technicalities. We have an update. If any of you guys have listened to our previous podcast, we had the Fluency of Influence, one of our previous episodes. 
that one was listened to quite a bit because people love the topic of influencers. It's a big deal in, in this day and age. And we had some really cool, interesting stuff. Dustin, can you give us a quick recap of what we talked about in the influencer study? Yeah, so a lot of times companies, what they when, when they're looking for influencers, they want the people that have high followers, right? And so they, they can get the product out there and, and whatnot. But in, in, front of a, in front of as many people's eyes as they can. Yeah. What we did is we, we, we ran a few studies, though, that showed that we actually had the, the same identical pictures and everything like that. All we did was, was change the number of, of followers and the, the number of likes that you would get with, with a post. And we found that when, when there was just like an average number of followers or likes on a post, people were more willing to purchase that product than if it was more of a influencer type number for followers and, and likes, if that makes sense. And correct me if I'm wrong, but not only more willing to purchase the product, but to spend more on it. You spend more on it. Yeah, that's right. It was really cool and counterintuitive. Yeah. Um, I mean, people talk about that there's been this kind of push to to look more at micro influencers instead of macro influencers, right? right? Um, but this was even going a step below micro these are just normal people like very very low we're yeah. talking like yeah just so, like normal so th- this person has you know 100 100 friends uh, 200 friends on facebook or instagram and and uh, so so it was really cool and we we had anticipated and we were we were testing that a big part of this was authenticity right so the more popular you are the the more followers you have the less authentic people perceive you to be right they just think you're you're peddling something and so they so they're less likely to spend money on that right. that thing that you're peddling because they think that you're getting paid to do so or something we kind of associate yeah that inauthenticity with that exactly and then 2020 came along 2020 so we did that podcast episode and then and then we wanted to delve deeper into the study because it was profound and could have big impact and this was all like early 2020 right and then covid came in different things popped in and it's ugly head our story started to change a bit yeah, and then once I had come in around the beginning of October, we had started trying a couple different products, different ways of looking at the study, and that's when things kind of started going downhill with some of these results. Was it 2020 or was it Lauren? It was. I think it was Lauren, <laughs> Lauren. when she came in. Wait! Oh, hold everything. You that know, makes so much sense now. You messed know, it all up. My friends do call me bad luck, Lauren. So <laughs> I wish I was kidding, but that is true. Totally, totally not joke. Like, so, so here's the thing, though. It started to crash before Lauren actually came right. in, right? We're scientists here. It can't be Lauren. <laughs> okay, it's not Lauren. We made, we made sure... We ran some tests. We on ran it. some tests on Lauren. <laughs> made sure that it wasn't really the ba- her bad luck. That we, was we fired her and then hired her back. And while running studies simultaneously, it just didn't. You know, still, still, still a problem. We can, you know, with a p value of below 0.05, we can say it's not. <laughs> okay, so just to just to kind of put this in, just to kind of frame this. So we had this awesome study, counterintuitive, and we were just like, man, this is really cool stuff. So then as we started going in, so explain to me like how we tried to dive in deeper and what the problems we kept running into were. Yeah, so it really started with, (laughs) this is awful. So it started with like, okay, these were just kind of random products that we were using. Would it work with like big name products? Something that a lot of people would recognize. A lot of people recognize, familiar with. And so, so then we're like, hey, 
everybody knows about Harry Potter, like, what are the boundaries of this? If everybody knows about it, you know, what, what happens, you know? Right. And so we, we ran the, the Harry Potter one and just kind of nothing. Got nothing. And so, so then we're like, okay, so maybe that's our boundary. So, so we can't go with, with something familiar that everybody knows about. Because it doesn't work. It doesn't replicate. Yeah. So we went the total opposite direction. We made up something that no one knew about. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we made a video earlier this week of Weston talking about some of the stimuli oh, yeah, yeah. he created. You guys should go watch um, that. Quentin <laughs> Hawk. Quentin Hawk. This is when Quentin Hawk <laughs> made the scene. Uh, yes. Yeah. This was super fun. Weston's brainchild. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Dustin wanted like, hey, something that's equivalent to Harry Potter so that we can see if it's just because of the pure recognition of his name, but also a fantasy book series. Right, because with experiments, when something doesn't quite go as, as planned, you kind of think, okay, why did that happen? Right. In this case, we thought, okay, it's a familiarity. So let's keep everything consistent and let's just change that one thing that we think is creating this. Right, because we thought, oh, because it's recognizable, people have an affinity to it. So no matter who's promoting a product of Harry Potter, they could think, oh, it could be endearing to them. And they could, and so the inauthenticity of the high influencer has no effect on them. Right. Okay. So, so then Dustin comes up to me and is like, hey, make me... Uh, <laughs> Where's my whip? Where's my Weston? <laughs> With a smug, arrogant kind of look on his face. And he said, hey, can you make me uh, some sort of just like a fantasy book series that's just made up? And so, so I, pulled off, I pulled an image off of, uh, you know, Adobe stock or something and, uh, you know, something that looked fantasy. And then I like created this book and, and I put, you know, I, I titled it Quentin Hawk and did kind of like a little logo for it and stuff. And so it just mocked up this little book cover. And then we did it like a series of books, like five book series. <laughs> uh, and then we were also testing because, we, because with Harry Potter, we were testing merchandise from Harry Potter. So then we were testing merchandise from Quentin Hawk. So then I had to mock that up too. So I got some scarves, some hoodies, and you could buy the book set. So we did a whole, uh-huh. a whole array of Quentin Hawk. Like we were, you know. Full send. We went I, in all the I way. Have, and I have to say, like when we ran these studies, we had uh, opportunities for participants to comment. That's, right. that's something usually you want to do. They were, they were pretty bummed. Like <laughs> several participants were like, I'm so upset that this is not a real series. Like, they, they went through and Googled Quentin Hawk and couldn't find it anywhere. It's so funny because it's nothing I'm proud of. I was like, I would not read this cheesy book series. It looks it looks lame. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should moonlight as an author. I just, I just come up with it. Oh, well, we even did. This is getting We're getting ahead of ourselves, but we even we even changed this list to an influencer promoting a TV series off of a streaming service or something. Yeah. So, so we're not getting much ahead. End of the story for the book is it didn't work <laughs> after all of that. <laughs> nothing happened. And so we were like, oh, these are people are just bookies. Whatever book we throw at them, they're just going to, they, they don't really care who, who's, who's referencing or who, who's talking about the book. Whether the person has high likes or low likes yeah, or, or doesn't the, matter. the post has high likes or low likes or whether the person has high followers or low followers, it doesn't matter. So then we're like, oh, well, maybe if it's a TV series and so. <laughs> so we did that. And? Nothing. Nothing. Did Didn't not work. work. <laughs> so then we were wondering like, oh, is it is it the platform we're using? Because up until that point, we'd been making it look like the influencers were posting on Facebook. We'd done Facebook, yeah. Facebook and then, posts. which who does that? Yeah. That's then what I said. Lauren, the young like, one, comes like, guys, Facebook? no one uses Facebook been... anymore. It's all about the Insta. 
research will support that too. You know, I've been reading a lot of influencer research and it's, you know, saying one of the big platforms for influencers is, you know, Instagram. Was Instagram. It made it sense. Is. You're right. I, we totally, yeah. We, we were like, oh yeah, why are we doing this now? We changed our ways and we started, we started mocking them up as Instagram posts. And then we were also worried that like the likes were kind of almost, uh, not virtue signaling, but like kind of almost a stamp of approval and that the followers didn't necessarily matter as much because if they saw that you know a lot of people liked it like oh I should like this too or a mm. stamp of approval so then we just cut those out once we moved over to Instagram so basically what you guys need to take away from this is we were trying to figure out what it was and see to see if we could replicate the original response that we got from the influencer study from before and nothing was working it was all just random or chaotic so obviously it means it wasn't producing any results yeah we even went back to some of the products that we used in the past like right. a hammock we even tried a new product, skincare, and we even went back and conducted one of the very first studies we did as it was. Just just repeat. Nothing. Oh, my gosh. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Every once in a while, something would pop up and we'd get excited, but then it wouldn't replicate. Just over and over again. Nothing. I remember, yeah, and I remember, like, you would feel, like, super defeated, and you're like, oh, man, but then you'd come back the next day. Guys, I think I might know why. <laughs> And so we we tested out and we run the study, guys. This is just some of the you know you're getting kind of the raw the challenges that we face every day. We Dustin yeah. faces every it's, day. It's <laughs> probably what nine eight months of oh. yeah. of just running studies and trying to figure it out and giving up and then just being like, wait, I think I know. False uh, epiphanies <laughs> left and right. So that's really what happened. So the question is why. <laughs> Why is this not replicating? Why, ding it. Why? <laughs> and uh, as we were going through, Weston, I think you found this Forbes article. You were just Googling influencers. Oh. I think you were the one that, that pointed this out. I had the thought, and then I wondered if there was any other research based on it. So I Googling it, looking it up, like, I don't dive too deep. But yeah, but this popped up. So in August of 2020, there's a Forbes article titled, Is Influencer Marketing on the Decline? And uh, pretty much this article pulled out in some prior research and look at what some marketers have reported. And there's been this decline in the effectiveness of influencer marketing through 2020. Right. And a lot of this even wasn't uh, including like COVID times. <laughs> so I think it even like got even worse through through 2020. Right. Kind of speeded up the process almost. Right. Yeah. They say in this article, it's kind of overall this decline, but especially for these big, the macro influencers. Right. The ability for them to throw return on investment yeah. for, for the for the massive uh, influencers, it dropped, I think it was like 20%. Really? Whereas like a more micro, smaller influencer, it still dropped, but it was closer to like 5%. And that's funny because that's one thing in business that is quick. Once they start seeing a drop that significant ROIs, like, yeah. oh, we're investing this much money and we're getting 20% less than we did before. Okay, let's put on the brakes, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just how business works, right? They're, they're not interested in spending money where it's not going to do any good. So does this say what might be the cause for this? Why why there's this decline? Yeah, so the article touched on a couple different factors that kind of feed into this and to this decline that they started seeing in influencer marketing. Part of it is, you know, consumers are starting to look at it and be like, oh, are these influencers actually being authentic in their usage of these products like mm -hmm. you know it's like a little more obvious that people are getting paid for this so there's more distrust there also like 
consumers aren't like really relating as much, especially to like the the macro influencers. They see these higher lifestyles they can't relate to kind of thing. They're always traveling. They're going. (laughs) Oh yeah, always traveling. Well, even in there it said too, like influencers aren't being authentic because they're like, it seems like they're traveling, but like it's like a fake photo of them on a plane or like they're posting from, you know, another country, but they're really sitting in their living room kind of thing. Right. So stuff like that. You also have like other influencers who like are kind of giving influencers in general like a bad rap. Like this article mentioned like Logan Paul and there's been a lot of controversy around him. And But like across the board, just macro, micro influencers, people aren't really buying in anymore. People are kind of getting wise to what the process is, right? No longer has its like sparkly appeal kind of thing. Kind of sick of seeing people in these like over-manufactured lives kind of thing. Right. Which, which is what we were seeing in these studies is it, it didn't really matter how many followers you had. I think that there, there's also been, with this push of micro-influencers, people are realizing that you don't have to have a lot of followers to be paid to push a product. Okay. And so, so if you're pushing a product, it doesn't matter how many followers you are. They don't trust you, they don't, then the, and you lack authenticity to them. Okay, so essentially before, high likes, high follows was creating this inauthenticity that people didn't buy into. So the lower likes, lower follows were what people, that's what people were thinking was more genuine. Right. Whereas now, whereas now the jig is up and anytime that people can see that someone is pushing a product, whatever it may be, even if it's a TV series, even if it's just a recommendation of a TV series, go and spend your time watching this. Yeah, and Quentin Hawk is pretty cool TV <laughs> series. I mean, I yeah, that should have, that should say something. Oh, so if it looks like someone's peddling a product, they check out. That already, right there from the get-go, kills authenticity and therefore nullifies any differences of results or anything. Yeah, so this Forbes article, they suggest stop using influencers for the most part. Completely. And, and, and go go with user-generated content, which I don't know. Even from our research, that's going to be tricky because user-generated content, they say, like, go to your users and try to get them to promote content of them using the product products but from what we've seen like we've had these typical users talking about the products that they've used in in, the, in our studies and it still isn't isn't budging right so it's it's kind of you can try that but they they have to be really authentic and really any signal that this may be a product that somebody's pushing just kills authenticity so we've got a big question mark here and when we were talking about this We thought, since this might have been accelerated by or changed by or affected in some way by COVID, can it be that once we get past this, once we overcome and, you know, we're kind of looking, we're seeing the light of the tunnel past this pandemic, could it be that we'll slip back into relying on influencers to tell us what is good and what's not? With little minor changes, you can change can really affect us in big ways. And it right. can change our purchasing behavior, can change who we trust, who we like, who we dislike, right? Right. But you get something like COVID and the year 2020, there's some major changes that are that we would just expect to have major consequences on, on our behavior. Yeah, and all these questions kind of lead into like a research article that we recently found that might have some of the answers on why this could be happening. We found an article called Disgusted and Afraid consumer choices under the threat of contagious disease, which we'll be talking about on our next episode. That's right. This article may highlight that this question that we're asking. Is influencer marketing doomed or is this just a little dent? Is, is there hope for influencer marketing? 
And with this article in mind, we, we think that there is still some hope. You know, maybe it will, right. won't be the way it was before, but maybe by the end of this pandemic, ROI on influencer marketing will start to increase and, and become healthy again. Okay, so on that hopeful note, we will follow this up with this with this research that Lauren mentioned. Next week, it's fascinating research, and it correlates really well with what we just talked about. Also, be sure to get your guesses in on our Two Truths and a Lie game at the beginning of this episode, and we're excited to see how many people can get entered into our drawing. And remember to qualify, you have to follow us on the platform. Like the post and comment on it and submit your guesses in the comment and you will be entered into the drawing. And we will reveal the answers the next episode. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening.